and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast. If you're a fan of the Kansas City Royals or baseball in general, please subscribe to the podcast. We provide game analysis, previews, reactions, and much more. I am Jake Milham, and joining me, as always, is Lucas Murphy, the beat of Kansas City. Lucas, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, unfortunately Sunday, though, and we're going to be starting out the week fresh yeah. as usual, so that kind of stinks. But, man, you know, I guess basketball season's kind of, you know, rolling along. We're still waiting to get into baseball, which we're going to talk about. But <laughs> overall, man, I'm I'm doing pretty solid. Dude, this was our first Sunday without – some sort of NFL football in how, how long, like it was so something was off today and I just couldn't tell what it was. And it was, it was no football, man. It's I'm already hankering for some, I ain't gonna lie. Well, I think that for me, it's, it's usually a pretty smooth transition. We get the end of football and then we're like immediately settling into baseball, which is just a, a perfect transition. But yeah. unfortunately we're in a lockout and it is a itching time for some type of sport that isn't involved with a basketball. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, let's let's just go and stick on that lockout. So, I mean, Lucas, I'll I'll set the stage here in a little bit, but can I just get your two cents on um not how the lockout is making you feel, but how mm-hmm. you feel about the lockout. You know what I mean? No, I got you. Yeah, I think it's definitely I think from a player's perspective, it's very understandable on um, kind of some of the refutable things that they're arguing against. And I can, re- I guess not necessarily relate, but I understand where some of the ownership is coming from. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously it's a huge business and there's a lot of money to be had. But if if you really look at it from a Royals perspective, um, obviously our new owner took over and immediately went into a pandemic year. Um, and then, kind of had like a partial where fans weren't fully there. And so for him to kind of take over a team and and the ownership group, and then to not have, you know, the money rolling in the way it should, I I could see an argument and a pushback, but from a player's perspective, Hey, we go out there for 162. We give it everything we have. And, you know, I've like, for example, Whit Merrifield, he's gone through the experience. He's, Um, You know, he's a big advocate. We see what he's saying on Twitter and, you know, the stuff that he's advocating for, for these young players, I think is very, very, you know, good. And I think it's, it's reasonable for what they're asking. My my biggest thing, and I don't want to go like, like you said, you're going to break it down, but I think for me too, though, I don't want something that is designed to hurt the Royals based on like players. And so if we're going to draft a player, I would like for that player to stay with the Royals for, as long as they can. And then if they want to mm-hmm. sign with the Royals, they do, but anything that reduces it down where a player can just stick with the Royals for a little bit and then leave, I think that'll just really ruin the whole entire, entire thing. So I'm hoping that that doesn't get kind of messed up, but those are really kind of my thoughts on the whole thing. I understand that there's obviously a lot of between the lines, things that are going on. And um, you know, there's obviously a lot of smoke and mirrors put out by uh, you know, the commissioner and owners and even the players. So, um, but yeah, that's really kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's man. I don't even know what to, what to think about it off the cuff. There's so, there's so many ins and outs. There's so many minute details that are really just hanging up both sides right now. And, you know, right now kind of 
March 3rd is going to be the the day. Like if, if players are in camps by March 3rd, um, that's that's why I'm going to get a little little more concerned right now. I'm, I'm just annoyed, really, yeah. um, because I'm a I'm a firm believer. You know, I'm not saying the owners need to to cow to every single one of the players um, demands, but it seems like the past couple of meetings, you know, I think this past week's meeting only lasted less than 20 minutes. Um, the yeah. players suggested something and owner said it was a non-starter. And so they just, they just left, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's no actual negotiations right now, even with the fire being turned up underneath both sides. Um, but I know right now, heading into this week, the week of February 20th, um, both sides are going to have multiple meetings. So, you know, we're not going to go one or two weeks without a face-to-face meeting. Um, it's going to be both sides coming together face-to-face. Um, so just right now, we just don't don't have any baseball. You know, pitchers and catchers were supposed to have already reported by now, which is a little surreal. Um, but I saw you talking about this on Twitter the other day, you know, college baseball, it's kind of made me watch some college baseball. That's pretty fun, man. I tell you, I'm, I am the, one of the biggest college baseball fans. Um, obviously I played it and I understand like how big of a team, like sport college baseball is like the bonding you get when you play baseball at a college level. It's just, it's unbelievable unmatched. I think it's like, you know, both of us have, you're still in and I'm obviously out, but the military mindset of that, your brother and sister type of mentality, that's exactly the same vibe. And so you see that when you watch college baseball, and I think that's why I gravitate towards it so much. And when I got ESPN plus and found out like, you know, Friday night, I'm sitting there and just a slew of baseball games are on and you can watch them. And, um, it was just nice to kind of sit down and watch some college baseball. I think it's completely played different than the major league baseball. I mean, same goes for college softball. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of feeding that fixation of, Hey, I'm missing out on, on, uh, you know, the greatest game on dirt, but man, it's, it's it, major league baseball. There's something about it. It's you got your team, you're able to watch them day in and day out and trades happen and free agent signings. And like, we're working through the minors to get our guys up. And, um, but yeah, I, I'm a big, a big fan of college baseball for sure. Hell yeah. If you, what, what's a team you support for like, for no reason at all, man, that's so, um, growing up, I was always, and this is going to, you're going to blast me for this because Uh obviously you know how big of a KU fan I am, but, um, I've always followed the Texas Longhorns. Oh Um, goodness. Yeah. I've been, I've been a Longhorn Uh, fan, but as I've gotten older, honestly, I have an appreciation for a lot of teams and, um, like I, I really enjoy what they do at Vanderbilt. Um, yep. but Arkansas, obviously, like you see Dade Moore's sons down there. And, um, you know, when I was coaching baseball, one of the kids that I actually coached went and played at Arkansas, uh, and had to sit behind Andrew Ben attendee. So, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I kind of gravitated towards them a little bit, but man, it's just, there's so many teams, like you get to see like small schools that you just don't anticipate competing competing against some of those big schools and um yeah it's just you know it's really cool to see but yeah i have a, 
kind of back to your original, it's Texas Longhorns. I was a big fan. Houston Street, JP Howe, like all those guys. Brandon Belt was there. Um, yeah. I just, I always watched those guys play. And I would actually uh, use my VHS and record the games when they were on. And I would go back oh, wow. and watch them just multiple, multiple times. So, yeah, yeah, Texas Longhorns. There you go. I have to, I would have to say, I really do appreciate SEC baseball just as a whole. You know, I, I do yeah, find myself yeah. gravitating towards Arkansas and Vanderbilt. You know, they're the, the kind of the top dogs down there for the most part, but it's just any game down there is, you know, you never know who's going to win and can't, you can't watch all the baseball games, no matter how much you really want to. Yeah. Do you, I was going to ask you, since you're up in Virginia, um, how close are you to West Virginia? Do you ever get to catch a game there or, or is that too far for you? So West Virginia, their stadium is going to be a good five, six hours for me. Ah, okay. So it's not, it's not terrible. Truth, so truth be told, going a little bit on a tangent, you know, I've been doing more of the <laughs> photography stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I got, I've been able to get into some college games in the area on the court, taking pictures, things like that. So I yeah. shot my shot at going to the um, West Virginia, Kansas state game. <laughs> to take photos yeah and they uh and they said that i was that i was good to go but you know just had other things come up in life that i couldn't couldn't justify that uh that drive so but no it's definitely i missed out on my opportunity to see kansas state play football here um Mm -hmm. i can't remember if it was i think you know, the military rules your life when you're in, I think I couldn't travel with COVID or something like that. Um, so I, I might try to go see a baseball game or two. I really, I couldn't tell you how like series work, you know, at at the MLB level, you got three games in one spot for the most part. I don't, I don't think they do that at college. Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, shoot, man, I might have to make a weekend out of it. Yep. But yeah, man, it's, I, I love to go out to West Virginia. It's gorgeous out there, man. I couldn't, I couldn't complain about it one bit. Yep. Yeah. But um, sure. something that I can't complain about is Bobby Witt's mustache right now. <laughs> you know, I sent you, I sent you that picture of it and look, man, I know I can't grow a mustache, but golly, man, you just see, you just got to cut it off at, at some point. Right. Uh, man, it just depends on what it's for. That's my take. Cause I know when you're obviously they're not making a postseason run yet, Yeah, but some of that stuff, you have to just kind of go with the flow and, um, whatever the reasoning is behind it, man, it, 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 I, I get what you're saying. I do. I get what you're saying. Uh, it definitely needs to be kind of something happens, but, uh, yeah, it's, I'm kind of on the fence cause uh, maybe he lost a bet or something. Well, maybe uh, so. There's some stuff that could cause it to happen. And, but yeah, I, I think if I had to lean, I would say, get it off, man. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's where my gut's going, but you know, as much as we want to see the mustache go, we want to see Bobby Witt come to Kansas city. For sure. um, can I, well, what's your, what's your two cents on your expectations for him? So I actually, um, I'm kind of, I wrote about a little bit in Casey kingdom. Um, and the reason is, is because I anticipate it happening. Um, I think the only thing that I want to see is how this lockout changes, maybe when he can, or um, because I think if we just stuck with what we were going to do, they would probably give him a month. 
uh, to kind of figure it out, let them get back into that, just raking and just doing really good stuff in the field and then come up and get that call up to kind of, you know, rejuvenate what the Royals are doing. Um, if things change where, you know, maybe the, I guess the time and service is affected or whatever it may be. I think you could see him probably right away. Um, I, I think that he's going to have a major impact. I think we're already seeing him just crush baseballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw every, all, his entire performance last year. I think he's ready. Um, I just know that there's, you have to kind of get into baseball shape. Um, and that's something we've always talked about is, getting into baseball shape and that's kind of your mindset. That's getting back into seeing those fastballs, the breaking balls, but those guys practice year round, they play year round. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that he's off or anything, but um, yeah, I think he's definitely ready. And I, I anticipate we'll see him for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we can, we've gone over it so many times on this podcast about, oh, well, where do you see Bobby Witt? Or, you know, what do you think he can do? And, da, da, da. but we're just like this, this man's the, the future of, of Kansas City, for, for lack of better terms. That's what we're looking at uh, for Bobby Witt. And, you know, right now it's, it's looking pretty good for the future. Um, I would, for all of our listeners, I would suggest going and checking out the athletics Alec Lewis. Um, he put together a very long, very nice piece about uh, Bobby Witt's like offseason kind of mentality and how he prepares his body and how he stays in shape. So that speaks a little bit to what you're talking about, Luke Lucas. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it's we gotta we gotta see the bat meet the ball in Kaufman, but things are looking very high for MLB.com's number three rated prospect um hoping to see him before you know i'd say may right now lockout or no i'm hoping may yeah i think that's pretty fair i mean you know i think for me it it all the and they have such a a tough task for them moving forward because um you have to be able to evaluate talent and not and, and not have the full off season i guess like you know spring training and things how they would do it because I mean, we got we've talked about it multiple times. Where's Montes he going to play? Where's yeah. Whit Merrifield going to play? Where's Nicky Lopez going to play? Um, and you know, obviously, we understand Nicky earned a spot. Whit Merrifield's that good veteran that says, "Hey, second base is mine." Mm-hmm. Montes on the fence because of injuries, but we know that talent is completely there. And then we know the rising star of Bobby Witt Jr. and um, so they're going to have a lot of things that where they could test that in free agents or in spring training, excuse me, and really kind of see how people are coming along. It's just not going to be a full spring training if they even get it. And, yeah, you know, I just think that's going to be the most frustrating part of the piece that I wrote in Casey Kingdom was um, basically talking about uh, kind of all that, you know, where we see guys playing if the lineup started today. And then I also talked about why 2022 is so important. I'm really interested to, to hit, get your take on this. I said 2022 is so important because this is almost like that transitional year um, in 2012, where we started in, in that same year, we had Eric Hosmer come up. We had Mike Moustakis come up. We had Danny Duffy come up. And at the very end, we had Salvador Perez come up in the same year. And then obviously yeah. we bled into that next year. And uh, we really started kind of getting everything in line to start making those playoff runs. I, I anticipate that this year is that 2012, 2013 type of year where 
we could potentially see all these guys starting to make their way to, to Kauffman stadium. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, we, we certainly could. And I would, they're so, I, I think our top three prospects, we should see in Kauffman at some point, we should see Bobby. We should see Nick Prado hopefully sooner rather than later. And I think MJ Melendez makes the jump this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, you know, though comparing them to those players that you just listed off is such high and such unfair expectations. Let's, let's just preface it with that. You know, like that was our, that was the core group that brought a world series to Kansas city after 30 years. Um, and really left this fan base with a lot of good memories. You know, they, they had fun. This was a good team to root for and everything like that. Um, but yeah, 2022 is not, I'm not expecting them personally to be any sort of competitive. You know, if we even bring up all these young players and match last year's record, you know, what was it? It was 74 wins last year. I, I count that as a win. Yeah. You know, folks are, I don't know how, but people are talking about, Hey, we should be, you know, looking at the wild card or even the the division title and just that's that's setting up everyone for disappointment and or failure in my book. Yeah. I mean, I could see, um, cause I I'm obviously the optimist, you know, that, and I talk yeah. about it and I think if guys were to come up and bring that young mentality that they've carried with them through the minors, where we saw them win at certain levels, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and and do that immediately this year, but I think it brings a rejuvenation. It brings new life. It's guys are starting to connect in ways and bring that kind of college mentality I was talking about. And um, I'm not saying that this team isn't a team now that's at the major league level, but to kind of bring that spark and that friendship and um, kind of that camaraderie up and know that you're going to compete. I think that just changes a mindset in the, in the locker room and, um, it could maybe just start some runs and who knows, but you know, I, I'm not that quite optimistic, optimistic this year. I don't think that we're ready to compete just yet. Um, you know, the white Sox are loaded with veteran talent, the Indians. Yes. They're kind of taken some hits, but they're still really competitive. Obviously the twins are kind of falling off and the, and the, and the tigers are kind of in the same boat with the Royals. So maybe we finish a, a position higher. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't think we're quite ready to win the central. Yeah, not, not quite. And you know, we're, we, we are both very unabashed about plugging, you know, people we know and close friends and even our own work. Um, and I, I was reading over this and I hate reading over it now. I wrote a piece um, on inside <laughs> the Royals back in late November of last year. Uh-huh. And first off, just reading over it, I want to read you this direct quote. <laughs> Take away all the collective bargaining agreement and service time speculation. That won't matter. <laughs> um, there you, so there turns out it mattered. Um, I just I'll I'll eat my crow on that. <laughs> um, but I talked about, you know, folks were comparing the 2022 Royals already to what would be the 2013 Royals. Um, You know, that's when the upward trajectory was really noticed and they were more competitive. 
I kind of looked at them a little bit more of, of 2011, you know, like that's when Hosmer and Moose and even I'll say these Escobar, like they became everyday sort of guys. Yeah. Um, and Gordon took that next step. Um, but so it's, we have to, we have to remain humble about this. I'm not going to expect a big jump. And, you know, we've, we've talked about that before. Maybe that's a bad mindset to have for um, the Royals fans, but I feel like it's realistic at least, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, you know, I'm the optimist. I'll be optimist. You can be the realist and put me back, (laughs) bring me back to earth, man. Well, no, there's, um, so there's a guy that I'd, I'd love you to be optimistic about, um, Asa Lacey, dude, top Royals pitching prospect. Um, he said the, the other day, you know, they're down there in Arizona right now said, quote, I'm feeling probably the best I've ever felt. And, you know, he's coming off of an injury riddled 2021. Uh, he had a pretty good showing down in the fall league. Um, so that was, that was reassuring, but you know, you've, you've seen these guys come back from these kind of questionable injuries, you know, like you don't really know what's going on, but something's going on and something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious, what, what do you think fans can expect from Lacey coming back from those sort of injuries? Um, I would expect probably a treatment similar to how we see most minor leaguers for the Royals get handled. They'll probably, he'll probably, cause what's the highest level he's made it to. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, I don't think he's made it to even double a yet. So no, I don't believe so. I'm going to double check on that though. I'm sure he would, you know, start out working his way up, probably get to double A. And, you know, I mean, we understand how competitive double A is. And I, I feel like you would have to almost show your worth at the double A level for a full season um, before they would even consider. I mean, I guess we've seen guys make that jump pretty quick, but I think when you're coming off of an injury and now you're saying this is the best I've ever felt. Well, if this is the best you've ever felt, we want to see what that potential is. So yeah. I do think that they treat him um, in that path to where he has to kind of prove it through the minors. And then he'll make, he'll, he could potentially be a late like call up at the end of the year. Like we saw with John Heasley and some of those other guys like Angel Zerpa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't envision him breaking camp and making it with the Royals by no means. Okay. Yeah. It's so his highest level before he got shut down was high a up there in quad cities. Yeah. Um, And you know, his, his stats were were pretty, pretty dang bad, but you know, from what he has said and from what the organization has said, he was writing that injury for the entire season before he got shut down. Um, He looked, he looked pretty good down there in the Arizona fall league. Granted it was only seven innings of work. But, yeah. you know, he still picked up two wins and he wasn't all over the place with his pitches. But I don't know. There's there's a lot of other sorting to be done with the starters right now in Kansas City. I don't foresee them rushing Lacey at all. Um, I Once he hits that double A level, maybe we can start looking for some rushing. Like, who was it? It was um, it was either Coleman or Heasley that skipped AAA altogether. You remember that last year? Um, I believe it was Heasley because I, I don't think he – yeah, I think he went from AA all the way up because I don't – because Coleman, I think, pitched – maybe it was both of them, honestly. Really? 
Yeah, he could. I one of I know for sure one. I'm I'm thinking it was Heasley. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, I think too. There's so many other guys that we have yet to see that are on the cusp of actually making it to the major league level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably put at least five to six guys ahead of Lacey just on preparation and gone through the experience of minor league baseball, like um, that would need an opportunity. Like, I mean, we haven't seen Alec Marsh at the, you know, major league level. And no. uh, there's a bunch of other guys too, that obviously we could list off, but um, I, I just think that there's a few more guys that need to give, be given an opportunity before we give a guy who's not made it past high A. So yeah, that's true. And by the way, it was, it was Heasley. Yeah. Coleman did see some time up there in Omaha. Not much, but he saw some. Yeah. I, I, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but, uh, Coleman it, for me is a breakout player for the Royals this year. I think he's going to be an absolute beast in that bullpen. And, um, I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, if you're a Royals fan and, and you need to follow him on Twitter, he's pumping 101, easily. Um, and, oh constantly working out and he posts all his workout videos. He's, he's going to be a monster for sure. Yeah, man. It's, it's been nothing but good things, especially on social media from him. So, you know, you, you love to see that. Um, I love, you know, I love it personally when, when players are pretty active on social media, especially when things are, uh, when things are slow like this, you know, we're all craving that baseball fix Yeah, and just, there's nothing. Um, I know. So, plug another player, uh, former, former podcast visitor, Carter Jensen. Um, he, you know, he's always on Instagram doing his thing. Dudes, you know, living the life, getting acclimated to Kansas city baseball. Um, I definitely go give him a follow on Instagram, but yeah, man, it's this, this young crew is looking really, really good. Both. I would say both character wise and, um, playing, production um you know we're not we're not hearing all the all the dodgy stuff about you know what's going on down in omaha um such as other clubhouses are having to deal with um so that is always a plus in my book for sure but um but lucas honestly we we don't have any news to plug we're all just sitting here waiting for baseball to get started um do you have anything else that you want to add tonight you know, this reminds me of when I was a little kid and I would just be on edge waiting for Christmas to get here. This is yeah. exactly how it feels is any day they could break, you know, the announcement. Hey, we've made an agreement on the CBA and everybody's going to get their picture back on MLB.com <laughs> and we're all going to head down to spring training and life will be good again. Uh, but yeah, man, we just it's got us on edge and I'm ready to just break some news on something. You know what I, I mean? know. I know, um, man. We'll we'll get there eventually, right? Yeah, we will. But just everyone listening, just hang in there with us. We're all anxiously waiting. Um, you can still, you know, you can still give us a follow on Twitter for the time being. It might be a lot of, you know, Chiefs and and <laughs> Kansas State sports for me personally. But uh, <laughs> Lucas, where can folks find you on Twitter at? Uh, you can find me at the beat of KC. Um, yeah. Um, all over it all the time. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun on Twitter and so yeah, follow me over there. Yep. And make sure to go. So Lucas, you know, if you don't know this, Lucas runs uh, Casey kingdom over there, the fan side. And, and, you know, they, they don't talk about just one thing, talk about the Royals chiefs, 
Jayhawks. Unfortunately, we got to talk about them. <laughs> um, the Wildcats, Tigers, everyone, man. So please just go go give them a follow if you want any news. Uh, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at SIA Royal Rundown. Uh, we'll be changing that handle here shortly, unfortunately, but we'll still be pumping out all the Royals content and bantering with guys snacks. You know, guys snacks. We are uh, we're, we're waiting to hear back on our customized potato chip flavor. Lucas, if you had to pick one, what would it be? What would be your your customized fla- flavor? Holy smokes, man, that's tough. Um, I'm a salt and pepper kind of guy. I all love right. salt, salt and pepper. I think. Okay. What about you? Your, your big old face and beard on a, on a bag of chips for salt and pepper. Yeah, I would definitely do that <laughs> for sure. I wanted, I'd want to make a kind of a Frankenstein monster of jalapeno and barbecue, man. I'm on a, I'm on a really big spice kick right now. So that just sounds really good, man. That's how good does that sound in sunflower seeds? I'm just oh going to say, gosh, I know, look, man, <laughs> growing up, I always thought, the dill sunflower seeds would be awful, but as soon as I tried them, I was hooked, man. Like yes, they're, sir. they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but, money, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But again, I'm Jacob Melham. You could follow me on Twitter at Jmill the ham. And you know, thanks for bearing with us on our long break. Thank you again for listening to this one. We can't wait to get back into the the weekly drum beat we were in. But until next time, go Royals.